What's up and welcome to the Ask Father Josh Show, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, and catechesis, and the list will go on and on and on. I will then sit with your questions. I'll pray with them and I'll study and hopefully I will respond in a way that is helpful for you to abide in a deep intimacy with Christ and his church. But my disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect, therefore the advice I give to you, the responses I share with you might not be good for you. If that's the case, please reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to become a saint. But if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean in more to Jesus Christ in prayer. And study, and fellowship, and worship, and service to the poorest of the poor, so that our God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship over time. If you are a first-time listener, then I want to invite you to hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. If the show is a gift for you, potentially it could become a gift for other people. And by sharing us on your social media pages and by rating us and reviewing us, this helps other people to find out about the show. Uh, on today's particular show, we are going to address three topics. We're going to talk about medical marijuana. We are going to talk about spiritual gifts. And we're going to talk about the reward of holiness and the sacrifices that we often make in our relationship with Jesus Christ. But before we get into those really great topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my, my glory story is um, I'm super excited to announce we are going to be hosting a, a discernment weekend retreat at St. Joseph's Abbey, uh, June 3rd through 5th uh, this summer, 2022. It's a huge, beautiful monastery in Covington, Louisiana. It's actually the seminary I went to for four years of philosophy, but but basically, I've been doing a lot of retreats for for teenagers and for junior high kids, and and for one of my discernment retreats for teenagers, I was doing it at at the Abbey, and one of the monks approached me, and he approached the vocation director, uh, Father Nick Adam from the Diocese of Jackson, and said, "Hey, look, I would love to collaborate with y'all and put together a discernment retreat for adults." And so we began to pray with the monks at the Abbey and the the cloistered nuns at the Carmelite convent down the street from the Abbey. And, and the fruit of our, of our prayer and our conversation is the Chosen Retreat. And the Chosen Retreat is for pretty much any adult from the age of 18 to 40 who is single and who wants to, to find out more about diocesan priesthood and consecrated religious life. And so we have a bunch of different religious orders who are going to be participating in this retreat with us. We have the Community of Jesus Christ Crucified in, uh, from Lafayette, Louisiana. We have the Poor Friars and Nuns of Jesus and Mary who are in Homo Thibodeau. We have the, the Cloistered Nuns, the Carmelites in Covington, as well as the Carmelites from Jackson. We have the Dominicans from Springfield. We have, uh, who else do we have? We have the Monks of the Abbey. 
We have the brothers of Sacred Heart. We have the daughters of St. Paul coming. This Holy Family Sisters of Nazareth are going to come through. Uh, we have the Mercedarian Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament and um, the Hospital Sisters of Mercy. So long story short, if I didn't mention you, if you're coming, my bad. But it'll be a, a lot of different religious. There'll be monks, there'll be friars, and there'll be brothers, there'll be sisters, there'll be nuns. Uh, and there will be diocesan and priests. Oh, the, the Josephites of the Sacred Heart are also going to be there as well. Yeah, the Josephites. Shout out to them as well. So we have a bunch of them coming. The Archdiocese of New Orleans will be participating. Their vocations office, the Baton Rouge vocations office, the Jackson vocations office. And so, yeah, we are just really excited to be offering this weekend. We're going to have a lot of time for prayer and for fellowship and for study and for worship and for community time. Sister Josephine Garrett and I will be uh, keynote in this event. Um, but yeah, if you want to find out more about it, it's it's, uh, there, it's on our website, www.diobr.org slash vocations. So go on the Diocese of Baton Rouge Vocations website, www.diobr.org slash vocations, and you can find out. And I'm just excited because I think that a lot of people are being called by God. They're being invited by the Lord to consider priesthood and consider religious life. But quite often, they're not proximate to priests and sisters and brothers and friars and monks and nuns. And so we're just going to offer this opportunity to spend an entire weekend with a bunch of people who are living the consecrated life uh, for you to freely be able to find out. So I'm so excited. So please pray for that. But also, if you're interested, if you know someone who's interested in coming, go to the website and fill out the stuff so you can join us for that weekend. Uh, Again, it'll be June 3rd through 5th at St. Joseph's. Abbey and Seminary College for men and for women. All right. With that being said, I want to share some feedback coming in from Karen. Karen says this, since listening to your podcast, I have added fasting, only eating one meal a day on Wednesdays to add to my thanksgiving to God and for serious prayer requests from friends, family, and for myself. I had no idea it was not optional in the spiritual life. Thank you for making it clear this is necessary on our road to eternity. Yeah, Karen, I Praise God that you are embracing the ascetical practice of fasting uh, that so many of our saints who preceded us in our walk toward eternity lived out in their weekly lifestyles. And so, yeah, again, Jesus said in the gospel, when you pray, when you fast, when you give alms, not if you pray, if you fast, and if you give alms. So if you're not already praying and or fasting or and or giving alms, then I just want to encourage you to begin to do that, right? Because Jesus asked us to do that. So, uh, and, and specifically, I think Karen's bringing this up because I, I did a, a YouTube show on it. So in addition to the, the podcast, we have the Ask Father Josh show on the Essential Presence YouTube channel, which is different from the podcast. It's about a 30-minute show, 25 to 30-minute show, where I only address one question. So if you if you want me to go deep into your questions or just one question, then go to the YouTube channel and leave a comment on that page for that particular show. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our questions for today. Right, our first question comes in from Becky, and Becky writes about spiritual gifts. Dear Father Josh, as a very active member of the Catholic Church, it's so hard to watch people fall away from the church, and equally it's hard to hear mistruths spread about our beautiful faith. In the recent months, I found myself surrounded by Catholics who have left the church, and I'll speak of what they perceive as the lack of the Holy Spirit in our pews. 
I feel like I'm someone who has been filled with the gifts of the Spirit, and I'm in love with all the church's teachings. Can you help me to share what the church teaches about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Can I ask for and receive all the gifts of the Holy Spirit? If yes, that's awesome. But if no, why not? Becky. Becky, that's a that's a great question. So yeah, praise God. And I agree with you. I I'm so disheartened sometimes whenever Catholics walk away from the church and and make the claim that's because they don't think that we have the Holy Spirit with us. Now, what I want to validate is that sometimes there are Catholic parishes that seem to be dead. They're not dead. They appear to be dead because people are not living in um, and activating their gifts of the Spirit that have been given to them at baptism. And so if the people aren't living in the gifts of the Spirit, then people um, sometimes will will walk away because they're, they're not seeing the church being the church that Jesus Christ wants us to be. I mean, if you read the Acts of the Apostles, I, I, I encourage anyone and everyone to read the Acts of the Apostles. It, it won't take that long. Spend a week reading the Acts of the Apostles and look at the early church. Look at the miracles that were performed. Look at the gifts that were being manifested in the early church. And then after you read Acts of the Apostles, Read 1 Corinthians and continue to dive into the spiritual gifts that St. Paul writes about. That is what God wants for all of our parishes to manifest. And if our parishes begin to activate these gifts that have been given to us at our baptism and and strengthening our confirmation, um, then we will see radical supernatural transformation in the secular world, in our neighborhoods, in our workplace environments, and in our communities. So at our baptism, we all receive what's called charisms. Charisms are supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and some people receive administration. That's a supernatural gift. Other people receive hospitality. Other people might receive evangelism or, or, or leadership or pastoring or help or encouragement. Um, working of miracles, intercessory prayer. Uh, There's all these different charisms, supernatural gifts that are given to us at our our baptism. Do I have all the gifts? No. I mean, if you read St. Paul's letter in the Corinthians, uh, he he makes it very clear when he says, are all this, are all that, are all that? No, like, of course not. We're not. Why is that the case? Because God wants us to rely on each other. God doesn't want us to be an island unto ourselves. If I possessed every single gift of the Holy Spirit, if I was a healer, and if I was a miracle worker, and if I was an intercessor, a prayer warrior, and if I was an evangelist, and a catechist, and a leader, and a pastor, and a helper, and if I had the charisma of hospitality, and service, and celibacy, and, and charity, and justice, and missionary charisms, and creative charisms, craftsmanship charisms, if I possessed every single gift that there is possible, and the gifts are written about in First Corinthians, and Ephesians, and Galatians, and St. Thomas Aquinas and Summa, I don't think we're ever going to know the fullness of all the gifts that are out there, but let's just say I can obtain them all within myself. Well, then I wouldn't need nobody. I won't. I don't need you. I don't want. I don't want nobody but me. I don't need nobody else because I have it all in myself. And that's not how God created us. God created us to be in a body. So Saint Paul writes in his letter to the Church in Corinth that we're all one body. There's one spirit, but some people in the body 
our hands and other people are feet and other people are eyes and other people are ears. We're all different members of the body. And so if I don't have your gift, that means that I need you. If you don't have my gift, that means that you need me. And so God created us in such a way that we will need each other. I can't do this without you and you can't do this without me. If we want to build God's kingdom and God's will way in time and our walk toward eternity, then we must be in relationship. We must be proximate with each other. So when some of our brothers and sisters in our Christian faith claim that we should have all the gifts, we should have all the gifts communally, but not individually, right? Because we, we should be in relationship with each other. Now, if there is a need in my land and the person who has that charism is not activating their charism. So if a person is living in mortal sin and not going to mass and not alive in the spirit, if a person is not coming to church and they're like living a, a lifestyle that is not conducive for holiness, then, and there are people in our community who need their charism that God gave to them to, to operate in, then we can ask the Lord to give us that charism for this temporary need. It won't be our permanent like gift of the spirit, but it will work if there is a need every now and then. We could also ask someone else in the body of Christ who has that gift, uh, if, and we can ask the Lord to share a portion of the gift that someone else has with us if it will build up the body. If it will not build up the body, if it will not be good for us, the Lord will not give it to us. But the Lord has been known throughout salvation history to, to share a portion of his gifts that he gives to certain believers of his to other believers like Elijah and Elisha, like Moses in the 72. So this has happened before thought salvation history. It can happen again if it is for the building up of God's kingdom, if it will edify the Lord, if it will help to form saints. If it's just for my ego, if it's just because I want it, I want it, I want it, God might say no because God is a good father and God wants what is best for us. And God will not give us something that it would not be good for our salvation. Uh, he, he just won't do that. And we always have to remember the greatest of all these gifts is love. Like that's the gift that St. Therese possessed. And that's the gift that we should all ultimately long for, right? Is to, to love, to love the way that Christ loved the church, to love God, to love our neighbor. Like that, that is the greatest gift. So can we ask for and receive all the gifts? I mean, again, it's if on a potential basis it would help build up God's kingdom, then yeah, sure, ask for them all. And can God say yes? There's nothing impossible for God. Is it likely that God would say yes? No, because God's typical MO is he wants us to abide in community with other people. And so in order to abide with other people, we need to need them, need the other members of the body of Christ. And so typically the Lord will not give us every single gift that's out there because uh, the Lord wants for us to be in relationship with every member, especially people we don't like. Um, there are a lot of people... Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, I don't personally like, but I intentionally abide in relationship with them because I recognize I need them. I need them. I can't do this without them. Like, they help me to be a saint, and I help them to become saints. So, yeah, hopefully that was helpful for you. Um, yeah, so speaking of spiritual things, uh, <laughs> let's talk about some medical marijuana. <laughs> So our next question comes in from Anonymous. Anonymous says this, I have had three cervical spine fusions over five years. Ooh. And due to the amount of medication I've been taking, I've begun to do a small amount of damage to my liver. Wow. Two of my specialists have recommended medicinal marijuana, but I feel so guilty about doing it. My family is supportive, but I feel ashamed. 
I have taken Percocet, but do not like the side effects. And again, it's another pill that can lead to damage in my liver. I've also begun to drink beer and wine to alleviate the pain. My question is, should I use medical marijuana for pain or is this a sin? I feel as though I'm running out of options. Anonymous. Thank you so much for reaching out. I think this is a phenomenal question. So I hope that I can bring clarity um, to your question. And again, I'm not perfect. So my response might not be uh, the best, but I will try and I will share with you the fruit of my study and my prayer um, for you. So first, let me just pray for you right now, if you would like me to. If you don't, then just fast forward. But if you want to receive this prayer, then just open your hands as a sign of receptivity and let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, first, I just want to encourage you to, instead of turning to the wine out of the beer, so we're going to dress the marijuana in a second, which hopefully will give you some peace. But as far as the beer and wine, like, again, if it's just like a glass of wine and a can of beer, that's one thing. But if it's like a lot of it, like a bottle of wine, I would encourage you to... To not do that, right? That's not healthy for you. That's not going to help you uh, actually at all. Like that's not good at all. Um, so, what does the Catechism of the Catholic Church teach? Let's start with the Catechism. Uh, it teaches us that the use of drugs inflicts very grave damage on health and life. Their use, except on strictly therapeutic grounds, is a grave offense. Notice that word there, except. Marijuana is not intrinsically evil. What do I mean when I say the word intrinsic? Intrinsically evil means that there are certain kinds of human acts that can never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 ever be morally justified or permitted, regardless of the intention of the person who performs the act or the circumstances that surround it. This does not apply to marijuana. Uh, so what is your intention for, for using marijuana? Your intention is medicinal, right? It is medicinal. If you have a genuine medical condition and the smoking of uh, marijuana can be helpful for your particular condition, and if it is recommended by your doctors who are specialists with regards to your condition, and there are not other alternatives that are out there that can potentially help you, then it is certainly nothing to be ashamed of, and it is not a sin to use marijuana. Uh, in 2015, Cardinal Norberto Rivera of Mexico, he said that medicinal use of marijuana, it comes from nature. And so it can be used to improve our health. Marijuana is from nature. It has a purpose. It's created by God. And it's supposed to be medicinal. Like That's, that's, that's the, the purpose of it. There, there's research that has been found that medicinal marijuana can be effective with a lot of different things that patients deal with, including, and this is, again, this from research. This is not Father Josh saying I'm endorsing it. I'm just saying that researchers have shown that it has been helpful for some people, not all people, but for some people. So it's very subjective with who deal with epilepsy or bipolar disorders or certain kinds of cancer, um, AIDS, end-of-life diseases that that might cause a person to lose their appetite and, and this, the, the medicinal marijuana can help them with that. And so... If a person gets their appetite from their particular illness because of the medicinal marijuana, because of the recommendation of the doctor, then that could be helpful. That could be a good. And so it's not 
always a bad thing to do, right? Again, the Catholic case, the Catholic Church said the use of drugs inflicts very grave damage on human life and health. Their use, except on strictly therapeutic grounds, is a grave offense. So if your intention is to alleviate pain and your doctors believe that the intake of marijuana can help you, then I think it's certainly okay for you to try it out and see if it works for you. But keep in mind that there are health hazards with the use of marijuana, even if it's medicinal. The U.S. bishops have have noted this, that it does have a 9% addiction rate. And so you might have an addictive personality. And so if you do, it, it might not be best for you. Might not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying this is a person-by-person discernment, judgment, right, as to what works for them, what doesn't work for them. This is what I would say for anything medical-related. Again, I'm not a doctor, so some people might be like, Father Josh, we shouldn't talk about medicine. But look, I'm saying like there are certain things that work for you that might not work for me when it comes to our medical conditions. Um, In 2001, the Pontifical Council for Health Pastoral Care reported in its handbook, Church Drugs and Drug Addiction, um, that the the conception of the various forms of cannabis plant um, may cause right palpitations, swelling of blood vessels, bronchial illnesses, and psychic dependency. So there are some negative effects. Again, this is for your discernment with your medical profession, with your doctor, to find out if this would actually be good for you, or if it would be something that is bad for you because of the dangerous health hazards, the negative effects that could also come from it. So you just have to discover it for yourself. And so though it has been helpful for other people, it might not be helpful for you. But then again, it could be helpful for you. So this is why you talk to your doctor. And if your doctors and specialists are recommending it, then I would encourage you to be open to trying it out to see if it helps. Um, Especially if the other medicine that you're taking is having terrible side effects and damaging your liver. And again, the, the, the abuse of alcohol is not something that I would recommend, right? Alcohol is supposed to be a gift, but it can also be abused. And so I would just encourage you, when you feel that temptation to, to drink more than what is good and healthy, uh, to turn to the Word of God and to drink deeply of the Scriptures. All right, I would be praying for you, and I would love to hear feedback from you uh, to find out if this is helpful for you. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about sacrifices that we make in our journey to heaven and the frustration that we feel sometimes when we see other people who seem to be living their best life, but really aren't living their best life. They're living their worst life. All right, we'll be back. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista and a Baptist turned Catholic. As a Baptist, I thought that Catholic beliefs were invented, that they came out of nowhere and had no connection whatsoever to the Bible. I also happened to believe that the Old Testament was about rules, rituals, and sacrifices that the New Testament gave us permission to ignore for a personal relationship with Jesus. It's a long story, but as God began connecting the Old and New Testaments for me, I was stunned by the beautiful consistency of God in the Catholic Church. I can't tell you how exciting it was when God opened my eyes to the incredible ways the Old Testament foreshadows God's plan for the New Testament and for His Catholic Church. In my book, Fulfilled, Uncovering the Biblical Roots of Catholicism, I explain these amazing connections, and I share how those connections helped change my life. If you read this book, I promise that you will come away with tools to help you share your Catholic faith easily, answer questions about how your Catholic faith fits with what's in the Bible, and most importantly, 
grow deeper in your relationship with Christ. If you're interested in learning more or ordering a copy of Fulfilled, Uncovering the Biblical Roots of Catholicism, you can do so at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. And we are back. Final question comes in again from someone who is anonymous. Question, is the reward of holiness worth the sacrifice? This question is related to the parable of the prodigal son, as well as the vineyard workers. I'm well aware that all of us are sinners and no one is perfect. Ain't that the truth? But for Catholics such as myself who try to avoid a sinful lifestyle all their life in comparison to others who do not, how do I try to reconcile my feelings of bitterness and giving up when it can seem to be so unfair? Sometimes there are times when I wonder that I may have missed out on the fun experiences of a sinful lifestyle. The answer that's been given to me is the analogy of the thimble and cup and the amount of God's love you are able to receive in heaven. Yes, you'll be able to enjoy a greater amount of God's love with the cup, but with the thimble, though its capacity to receive love is small, it will still be full regardless. I guess from a human perspective of understanding, the reward is not worth the effort. Thanks, Anonymous. That is a great question. I'm so glad that you, you sent it in. I think that the word that is like resounding most in my mind right now is motivation. Motivation. Uh, what has been, I just want to invite you to reflect on this. What has been your real motivation for avoiding a sinful lifestyle up to this point in your walk toward eternity? Just really want to encourage you to reflect on that. What is my motivation? If your response to my question is not love of God, then you will never be satisfied. It seems to me that you're being invited by Jesus right now to fall in love with God. Like really fall in love. When we are in love, we do crazy things. When we are in love, we make sacrifices uh, my dad was, you know, sick recently. Thank y'all for your prayers for him. My mother loves my father so much, and my mother has been sick for many years. But it was so amazing for me to see how, even though she was in pain herself, even though she has been suffering for so long, for so many years, when she saw my father's illness, when she saw my that my dad not doing well, my mother stayed up all night. She sat in a chair in the hospital for three days. She did not sleep in a bed for three days, and she's not healthy. My mama is a suffering soul, but she did it for love for love of him. She sacrificed. She, she, she put up with pain for the love of her life. And she's not, she's not young. My dad's not young, but they, 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 and he does this for her daily as well. My dad has been taking care of my mother for, for years and he does it because he loves her. Right? The, the things that we do and we love, fall in love, stay in love, and love will decide everything. Love decides what time you get up in the morning. Love decides what time you go to bed at night. Love decides what breaks your heart. Love decides what gives you joy. Love dictates every single choice you make in your walk toward eternity. Love is the reason why Mother Teresa of Calcutta left her home when she was 18 years old and never saw her family again because she fell in love with Jesus and she went on a road trip with Jesus that brought her all over the world. It was, it was a love affair that brought her literally all over the world to dwell with the poorest of the poor and to bring about healing and renewal and restoration in the church. It was a sacrifice that she made, but she made it to be with the love of her life, where the love of her life was is where she wanted to be. Was it hard? Yeah. Was it difficult? Yeah. But she did it because she was in love. Like I've chosen to live a life of celibacy because I'm in love with God. Celibacy is not fun uh, necessarily, it's a sacrifice that I freely choose, though, for the love of my God and the love of my bride, the church. When we are in love, we, we do things that 
are sacrificial. And I don't wish that I was out there sleeping around or being promiscuous or, or experiencing the pleasure of, of the marital act. Like I, I don't no, I, I, I'm in love. And so I'm, I'm content. And again, the, the, the ache for, for the sacrifices that we make are still there, but love is sufficient. Love is enough. Love is the motivation. Love is why we do what we do. We don't avoid sin because we're worried about like a bunch of rules or not being able to check off the boxes. We avoid sin because we've come to know the one who our hearts were created for, and a lover never wants to hurt their beloved. Right? You don't, if you're married, you don't not cheat on your spouse because you're not supposed to cheat on your spouse. You don't cheat on your spouse because you love your spouse. Because you love your spouse. And you don't ever want to hurt your spouse. Right? Love is why you remain faithful. Love is why you endure in suffering and in hardship. Love, not a bunch of rules or checkboxes. If you notice that you're, you're drawn to the, the story of the prodigal son, then I would encourage you to maybe lean into the older brother in that story and pay attention to, to who and what the older brother loved. Did he know how much the father loved him? Or did he think that he had to earn the father's love? Do you know how much our father loves you? If you don't, then I really want to encourage you to like lean into your relationship with the father in prayer so you can perceive it, so you can perceive it. I also want to invite you to listen to the word of God to read the Word of God, to pray with the Word of God. Isaiah 43 in the Old Testament says this, But now thus says the Lord, who created you, Jacob, and formed you, Israel. And as you read this passage, I would encourage you to put your name. So listen to it this way. Thus says the Lord, who created you, who formed you. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. Through rivers, you shall not be swept away. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, nor will flames consume you. For I, the Lord, am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as a ransom for you. You are precious in my eyes. You are honored. And I love you. I give people in return for you and nations in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. From the east, I will bring back your offspring. From the west, I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them. Bring back my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. All who are called by my name. I created from my glory. I formed I formed you. I made you. Do you hear this? Do you hear God speaking to you? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. Thus says the Lord, I am the Lord. I open a way, a path in mighty waters. Remember not the events of the past, the things of long ago. See, I am doing something 
new. I just believe that God wants to do something new in your life in this season of your life. I think that he wants to woo you to fall in love. So my invitation for you is to, um, yeah, just spend more time with the Lord and listen to him woo you in this passage from Isaiah and in the Song of Songs and his word before the Blessed Sacrament. Sin will never satisfy. Only God does. Your heart was not created for any sin. <laughs> it was created for all of Jesus. So with that being said, <clears throat> let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you. Help us to love you more. Give us the grace to not only receive, but to perceive in the depths of our hearts the intimate and infinite love that you have for each one of us in our walk toward eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. All right, y'all. God bless. I look forward to being with you next week. Deuces. Mm -hmm.